What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode seven of Back to the Field. Uh, for those that have stuck with us for this long, appreciate it. Uh, decided to switch it up on you guys and kind of give you guys a different format, see maybe if that's what you guys are liking. So we decided to give the NFL game breakdowns first, and then if you all last for later in the episode, then we'll break down college football. Probably won't be hearing much of the Hokies moving forward as we are having a shit season. So as always, Eric and I are going to give you game breakdowns, weekly picks, and betting lines for you gambling degenerates out there. So sit back, crack open that beer, and as always, listen responsibly. Let's get it. All right, dude. So episode seven, NFL week five. Uh, doing it um, a, a little bit differently now. Um, thought we kind of change up the format where instead of talking about the Hokies and what, what a shit game they played against Duke, I'm kind of more than happy to just kind of call the rest of the season a wash. I mean, we can touch up on them. I like the later in the episode, um, but I don't think there's really much to talk about there's, them. There's, they don't deserve our time. Yeah, exactly. So thought I'd kind of switch it up to, you know, where we started off with the NFL and then kind of end with some college games. And, you know, if we really want to kind of amuse ourselves or the listeners and we can kind of talk about, you know, the shit of a team that the Hokies are. But yeah, dude, NFL week five, you know, we're just about a quarter of the way, right? No, yeah. I'm not doing math right. Yeah, quarter of the way, right? 17 weeks, um, four weeks in, so about. Yeah. Um, so, you know, pretty sure you can get a pretty good pulse on a lot of the teams, kind of what's going on, some ridiculous injuries over the last couple weeks. Um, so just kind of kicking it off, recapping our picks from last week, rocking another 3-0 from my end. Um, you know, Steelers won in pretty convincing fashion as did the bears uh, and the bills kept it close man i mean it was a i mean i took the bet line at plus seven i did see it shift like a couple minutes of the first quarter to like seven and a half um when i think the bills like scored a field goal or something like that i, I forgot but um yeah dude uh i to be quite honest i think if if jonathan allen didn't get injured uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of tied it up and probably lost an OT. But, you know, Patriots still handled their business. Um, not good from a betting side for you, uh, as I think you went 0-3 uh, on your picks again. That's right, but I'm feeling good about my picks this week. Plus, right, uh, I have I feel like I should be given credit for ones that were not documented. Um I, I took Duke. First of all, it's documented. Oh, wait, yeah, wait. Never mind. I'm I'm, I'm the idiot. All right, For yeah. some reason, when you said when you said document, like, oh, sorry. First of all, I don't think documented is a word. Well, I think it's documented. Documented. Yeah, that's you are correct. <laughs> all right. Um, I took Duke plus three. We we talked about this briefly. Uh, yeah. Hit that on the head, and as of yesterday. 
big fat winner with the Nationals. Um, went straight uh, went straight up and under seven and a half runs. Um, I was yeah, what'd you put up for that bet though? Because when I saw the line, it was like Nationals minus one seventy or went straight it. up. I think. Oh, okay. What was the what was the payout though? Like payout odds? A couple hundred. Damn. Um, so what? You got like two two to one, three to one, something like that. Yeah, I'm I forget you put exactly. Like hundred bucks or something. I was sweating it because in the first inning, so I needed the Nationals to win and then under seven and a half. In the first inning, Milwaukee scores three. So the only yeah. way that I could win is if only Washington scores four runs and no no less, no more. And Oh, you took the under. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And they won four to three. It, it's, yeah, dude, I saw – I was like just getting – like I watched like the first – uh, like I saw the first couple innings when I when Milwaukee scored, and then I, like I turned it off, did my own thing, and then just went to bed. And as I was getting into bed, I looked at the scoreline and I saw that Nats had just scored three innings in the bottom of the eighth, and it was the top of the ninth. Or sorry, they scored four in the bottom of the eighth, and it was the top of the ninth. And I was like, oh shit, I gotta watch this now. So, but yeah, dude, it was a it was quite the ending too. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but now they now they travel to to L.A. To play the uh, to play the Dodgers, man. What are you thinking? I mean, I know it's, we're not talking about baseball. Might as well just touch upon it a little bit. But um, I mean, obviously you're a Braves fan, but you think uh, Nats can pull it off? Or I, you I think don't, I don't think so. They had to use their two. I mean, that, this was their plan: is using their top pitchers outside of the, you know starting and outside of the bullpen too, or coming from the bullpen. You know, so you had Strasburg who pitched um, a good amount of innings out of the bullpen. You had Max Scherzer who pitched about five innings. Um, so it, it, they're like they get a day off, you know, until they start tomorrow, uh, Thursday. So they'll have you could, but usually pitchers need about four days rest before they can start again. So that kind of like messes up their rotation per se of how ideally they'd want it. You know, they'd want yeah. Scherzer game one, Strauss game two, then Patrick Corbin game three. But because they were two were used, I, I'm assuming Corbin is going in game one and you won't see Strasburg or Scherzer, you know. Until like midway through the series. Yeah, yeah. it's best of five. So I, my guess is like game three, game four. Because if, if there's back-to-back home games, uh, which it goes home, home, away, away, and then home, uh, for the for the favorite team yeah. or the better record team, uh, th- those home games are back to back, so there's no day in between. The only time there's a day in between is if you're switching cities or locations. Yeah, so I guess from like a pitching standpoint, like at least having your best pitchers pitching at home, right? Why not? Yeah, I mean it will. I mean if they steal a game, all they have to do is steal a game in uh, L.A. Um, and they'll be sitting pretty because now you have your you know your top dogs at home. You know at the very least one and one. God forbid they're they, they're up two and zero and go, coming home. But if they can steal yeah. a game, they have to feel pretty confident. I still don't think they're going to do it. Um, you know, the Dodgers pitching is just as good, if not better. And I would take their offense over the Nationals too. Plus, their bullpen is night and day better than the Nationals. That's the Nationals' biggest kryptonite. So, gotcha. And I guess maybe just the last point since we're on the MLB, uh, you being a Braves fan. What's uh what's their outlook looking like uh, in the playoffs? Oh, so tough because they're such a young team. They're such a good and young team, but you know they only have like maybe a, a handful of veterans guys that've been in the playoffs and have done you know knows what it takes to win. Um, you know the the Braves' most uh, veteran guy on their team is Freddie Freeman. He's been there for almost nine ten years. You know, like thirty years old. 
But we haven't won a division series or we haven't won a playoff series since 2001. So he doesn't even know what it takes to win. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't watched much on St. Louis. I, I would, I wouldn't I'd be very, uh, I wouldn't be very surprised if they've lost just for how young they are. And, um, but I, I think this is, the, the, you'll see in the series, the, the game lines or the, the money lines, they're going to be very close to each other. Cause I think this is a pretty even series um, that will go probably five. Gotcha. All right. Well, um, why don't you kick us off then, right? So NFL Week 4 was in the books. Um, some kind of very interesting games. I'm sure the two games that probably jumped out to me the most, which I'm sure did to about a good majority of football fans out there, were the Browns just absolutely smacking the Baltimore Ravens and quite the shootout in, uh, in L.A. with the Bucks. Um, that was disgusting and fun to watch at the same time. Yeah, exactly, man. Um, I mean, it was very interesting to see, uh, you know, Jared Goff, just kind of how he handles pressure. I think he had like two, three interceptions. Um, I, I think the – I, I want to say the kind of inexperience in him came out a little bit, right? Uh, when you kind of get into those nitty-gritty two-minute drills or – hey, you're down by 10 points, there's seven minutes remaining, like how do you kind of change up your play style, the play calling? Like I think that's where your Aaron Rodgers of the world, Tom Brady's of the world, like Brett Favre's even for that matter, like I think that's where that kind of experience is going to come in. And I, it's, I think it's going to take Jared Goff a little bit more time, right? I mean, we know how good the defense is in L.A., but, you know, the defense can only carry you so far. But – um, and, and to be quite honest, like I, I did not see, you know, how and why, you know, Jameis Winston has been doing as well as he has over the, maybe the past two, three game stretch. Um, I'll probably harp on them a little bit more in my picks, but why don't you kick us off since you're feeling high from, uh, from the Nats game yesterday and kind of give us your first pick, uh. First pick of NFL Week Five. Yeah, this is a slam dunk for me. Uh, this is just because uh, it's, it's <laughs> welcome quite, to uh, the Boston TD party, yeah, this baby. Is be the official <laughs> the, this Sunday at one p.m. Eastern time will be the Boston TD party in Washington D.C. Uh, Pats are favored by fifteen and a half points. What I have on my end, uh, I have them covering by a mile. And I'm thinking this is going to be at least a three-touchdown win for the Pats easily. Redskins have no clue who's going to be quarterback. Case Keenum's in a boot. Haskins should not be playing. It's still way too early for him. Apparently Colt McCoy uh, is back and taking reps in practice. But, I mean, first game back, you play the Patriots. And, you know, they've been the number one defense so far through four weeks. And, God – you know, I mean, everyone's seen how the Redskins play. Their identity or their their strength is supposed to be defense, and they suck on defense. And then offense, you know, we have no we have no. Dude, I don't know what is going on on offense. Like, can they not decide between AP or whoever the other running back is? Chris well, the Carson, thing is, Carson, like, what's his it, name? It, it all stemmed from their offensive line. So last week they had Brandon Scherf as their best uh, or their best guard. And, or one of the best linemen they have, and he was out. Trent Williams, we know about, is holding out for God knows how long. Um, and so their, their offensive line sucks, so they can't really run or pass block for 
for either the running game or the passing game. So Adrian Peterson can't find the hole. Um, you know, it's not like his, his old self. I mean, serviceable, but I don't expect anything great from him. Um, and then the receivers, you know, they can't block for the, you know, uh, the quarterback. And, you know, we don't really have any game changers outside of maybe McLaurin, who looks like a nice little young stud. But um, it, it's it's just so hard to watch. I mean, you got a point where you're just watching it and there's just zero emotions. Like, you can't get mad because it's same shit, different day. And then you can't get excited because – you know, you know, they're just going to falter at the end. You know, you know, they're up, yeah. they're up on Philly big to start in the first game, lost that game. They're up on, uh, I forget who they played the second game. I want to say, uh, did they play Dallas? Yeah. Or they like two like in division games. Or something yeah. Like it was that? against Dallas. They were up seven, nothing, but lost that game later down the stretch, uh, struggled against, uh, Chicago, got embarrassed on Monday night football. Uh, in front of national, you know, on national TV. And then this past week, uh, you know, uh, the Giants, who should be on their level of talent and, you know, uh, overall, overall, uh, yeah, overall talent for the Giants, they just kept on turning it over. And, you know, Giants having yeah. a backup, you know, with Saquon mm-hmm. out, Wayne Gallman looks like an all pro against our defense. It's just, it's just a joke and a half. So. Yeah, and, and they definitely kind of the worst way to start going. I mean, forget going zero and four, but kind of going zero and three within your division. Like that, that's a hole that you're probably not going to climb out of. And now I agree with I think everything you said. Um, this game has all the kind of, I guess, readings for a disaster game for Redskins. I mean, they're, they're going um, and once they lose, they're going to be zero and five. And then they're going to probably play the most like most um, likely also own five Miami Dolphins team. The loser of that game will probably have the number one pick uh, in the next year's draft. Now there is another own four team, the Bengals, but I don't see them going over. They have a lot, a lot more talent where they're probably going to win a couple games here and there. But I, I propose this to our, our, our group chat and, you know, I'd, I'd like to know your thoughts. Like hypothetically, if Redskins go, 0-12, or I'm sorry, 0-16, they get the number one overall pick, uh, or let's say it's just a top three pick. And where I'm going with this is those three quarterbacks that we talked about earlier on. Yeah. You know, you have Justin Herbert from Oregon. You have Tua Tungavaloa from Alabama. And you have uh, Jake Fromm from Georgia, who are most likely going to be regarded as top five picks, top ten at the worst. But I, I see them as top five, depending on which teams are drafting, of course. Um and hypothetically, let's just say those those three quarterbacks, any one of them have a higher ceiling and higher floor when it comes to potential. Um, but let's just say, and, and at the same point, you know, you've seen Haskins, not that much tape on him yet for his, through his first year because maybe he just didn't play at all. But you, you're still high on him. You still, you know, took him in the first round last year because you want him or you see him being the, you know, centerpiece, the, the franchise QB uh, for the next 10, 15 years. Do you do what Arizona did with Josh Rosen, who you know drafted him in the first round, and then the next year when they had number one overall, uh, they traded him to then they drafted uh, Kyler Murray number one overall, um, or do you just kind of trade down, maybe acquire more picks, and you know you know pick other uh, positions of need, uh, or do you just you know let's just say there's a you know uh, hypothetically you need a receiver like a stud receiver yeah, and yeah. A, no, no. julio jones type of prospect is you know a top five pick do you take him to fill another need 
You know, like it's, I, I, I was kind of thinking about those that once you put that out and, you know, I was talking to a couple of my coworkers and my other fantasy football league about the same thing. So I've kind of got a couple takes on this. So from a, I'd say from, let's say an org- organizational standpoint, right? Yes, you can kind of look at what happened in Arizona as a kind of a benchmark as to what could possibly go down in Redskins, but I think the big contributing factor on that end was more so that uh, Klingsbury had a connection with uh, Kyler Murray, right? Or not with Kyler. Yeah, was it with Kyler Murray or was it with Josh? Yeah, it it was with uh, Kyler Murray, right? So I think that kind of persuaded the whole change of guards between trading Rosen and taking in Kyler Murray and kind of trading Rosen away for some draft picks, right? So you know, you probably know, and you know, some of our friends probably know the organization better than I do. Like what is the talk around the locker room, especially from upstairs as to how they feel about Dwayne Haskins, right? If they still think that, you know, he still needs time to develop and mature and he has the talent, then we're sticking with him. So then, you know, you sort of trade down and maybe address some of the more pressing needs, like an O-line, which, you know, use Dallas as a perfect example, right? Like Dak Prescott wasn't, is not amazing. And you can even go back as far as like Tony Romo wasn't the most phenomenal quarterback, but you stick anyone behind that O-line and give any NFL prospect quarterback like five seconds to throw, I mean, they're going to look great, right? So I think that's kind of one way of looking at it. Another way you could possibly look at it, which I think this is more of a personal for me, I would trade Dwayne Haskins. Look, if you look back at his reaction when he got drafted by the Redskins, he was not ecstatic or any shade of happy at all. Like, you knew that he wanted to go to New York. He was pissed off that Daniel Jones got selected above him. But even with that aspect, like, there was no, like, oh, you know what? I'm going to show the Giants that they fucked up. Like, there was no even, like, drive in, like, some sort of revenge factor, right? So, then it really comes to, like, does Dwayne Haskins really even want to be in Washington? Um, and obviously, they're not making a good case now with them sort of tanking. And then at which case, then you really do look at, like, all right, you know, you do have players like Tua coming in. You do have Justin Herbert. You have Fromm. Um, is Jalen Hurts is not – he hasn't declared for the draft yet, has he? Well, he's a senior, so he's going to be eligible okay so yeah and then you even got someone like Jalen Hurts right which yeah he may not be he might be like a top five QB drafted but he won't be a top 10 pick right so then at that point do you trade down and then maybe get like a you know top tier O lineman or you know whatever skills positions like you mentioned earlier and then kind of get you know like a Jalen Hurts type player uh in the backfield right so I think those are the kind of both ways to look at it um, I don't know if and, he doesn't and, like being in Washington. I mean, I think most of these players are grateful for the opportunity of playing it just in general. There were rumors that, you know, Dan Snyder pushed this pick because he's a, he's from Maryland. He might've been a grown up or Redskin fan. And, um, he thought it would kind of put more butts in the seats by drafting, you know, high profile quarterback from, you know, high profile blue blood program in Ohio state. So who knows? I don't know, but, yeah, I don't want to go on too much of a tangent, but long story short, Patriots by a mile. Gotcha. Okay. Um, cool. So I will take 
for this week. Um, I'm actually going to try to go against the team with the hot hand right now, which is Tampa Bay. They are favored by three points against New Orleans at the Dome. Um, I'm actually going to take Tampa. Uh, I'm actually going to take New Orleans on this one. Interesting. Okay. So, oh wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's go. Let's three let's points. rewind. New Orleans is favored by three points, and I will have them covering. Um, I think that, yes, I think that Tampa Bay has put on a quite, you know, pair of game stats over the past couple weeks, but I I don't know. I still kind of believe in, in the skill positions. I have a bit more faith in... New Orleans with Kamara, with uh, you got Michael Thomas on the outside, and then kind of even just going on the defensive side. I mean, looking at last game, right, you kind of saw how New Orleans short sort of shut down Dallas and that offense with Zeke in the backfield, and um, even uh, Cooper was kind of held, held in check as well. So I think that defense is going to be able to get it done. I wouldn't be surprised if, unlike most of the games, the last couple of games that Tampa Bay has gone at, uh, they've kind of been super high-scoring games. But I wouldn't be surprised if this is a a lot closer game than um, than people think. Right now, just kind of looking at and rattling off some stats. Right, I mean, both teams are two and two against the spread. Um, now, as far as like points scored, uh, Tampa Bay is you know ranked fourth, while New Orleans is 18th. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting, and, and I think the key matchup to really look at is um, the rush yards allowed. So, if you look at rushing per game, New Orleans is ranked 19th, but Tampa Bay is actually first for rush yards allowed. Um, so it's, it should be very interesting to see like how they do the matchup. I do think that Kamara's a bit more of a versatile back, so he's not going to be your normal, like running North South. I think that's what they use kind of Latavius Murray for. If you saw on the Monday night game, Latavius Murray was getting more of those like third and three, third and two carries. Um, they even employed like a bit of a jet sweep or even like the wildcat with Taysom Hill in there. Um, so I, I think this is going to be one of those games that I'm going to watch. Um, I do think that the hype of Tampa Bay is going to kind of be really put to test here. Um, but then again, with both Mike Evans and um, who's the other receiver that just been going off for, for Tampa Bay and Godwin. Yeah. I, I think those are going to be very interesting people to watch because you're obviously going to put um the number you're probably going to guard number one on Mike Evans, um, so it should be interesting to see how they scheme up against um, against the other side. But I have faith. I think in the dome. Uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater is kind of out to prove something as a backup quarterback. Um, so yeah, so give me uh, give me New Orleans minus three on this weekend. Yeah, that's a, it's probably a smart bet, especially. New England, New Saints play in the dome, or whenever they play in the dome, they play so much better. They just love playing in front of their fans, and it gives them a good, good home field advantage. So I like that. And you, God, you just never know with 
fucking Winston. You know, one pass, just look at the last game against the Rams. One pass he makes, you know, or one play he makes an excellent pass. The next play he throws it to, you know, he throws an interception and you're just kind of have this confused face on your face and you're like, what what is he doing or what yeah. like, what, what what was he thinking when he threw that and i'm so. actually looking right now apparently mike evans is questionable what i mean you know questionable could be anything um but yeah no i, I completely agree like and i think that's kind of the same that how he was in florida state too like he showed flashes of greatness uh winston obviously not um not mike evans but Winston, like, he showed, like, these flash of greatness, and then you just see, like, the next play, you're like, what the hell is going on? And I think, you know, in these kind of games where, you know, it really is going to come down to even the coaching, and obviously I think Sean Payton's track record speaks a lot higher than Bruce Arians. But, yeah, dude, I think in the Superdome, um, you know, in most matchups, I mean, if this was with Breeze, I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints were favored by, like, a touchdown, but... Uh, with Teddy Bridgewater, you know, it's probably going to be one of my more riskier bets for, for this week. But go ahead and lock me in for Saints minus three at home. Okay. Well, I got uh, my second pick I have uh, with the Baltimore Ravens and Steelers game. Uh, Steelers are home underdogs, but I'm going to take them plus the three and a half points that they're given. Uh, I saw enough against Bengals. Now, again, Bengals are poo. But, uh, you know, with Mason Rudolph now the quarterback and finally they got James Conner going, um, being at home as well, just like the Saints, they play very well in front of their home fans. Um, I, li- I like the Steelers, you know, winning this either outright or keeping it close. Um, I'm still not a believer in, you know, Baltimore, the good defense, but I think these teams are going to figure out Lamar Jackson sooner or later and stack the box. I just don't think he's that great a passer. If you look at some of his touchdowns he's had this season, like over like 75% of them, the receiver is just wide open. Like Helen Keller could have caught the pass. There's just no, you know, there's no defense around or any kind of uh, obstacles that he's throwing like the ball into, you know, tight windows are just wide open. And so, you know, given he got the ball to him, that goes for something. But I'm just not a believer in uh, – I think he's going to get dinged up too with all the running he does. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, that thing too, it's a uh, it's an in-division game too. Yeah. So, you know, most teams play play up, like you said, in division games. And so uh, I, I like the Steelers, three and a half points. I'm feeling good about that one. So uh, you can lock me in yeah. uh, for three and a half points for – uh, and plus, like, yeah, you know, and I guess even the Bengals game, right, that they played last week, I mean, James Conner started to get rolling. Jalen Samuels was doing all right. Um, I still want to see a little bit more from Juju. I mean, he's it's been kind of silent for yeah, him this year. he's disappointing, at least fantasy speaking. Yeah, so um, so let's see, right? I mean, I, I, I agree. I think, to be quite honest, I can see this going either way. Um it is very interesting to see that even for an in-division game against two teams that really do play themselves pretty tight historically um, for the Steelers to kind of be an underdog against like, and that thing too at home, right? Um, now both teams obviously are sitting uh, at actually oddly enough against the spread Baltimore's one and three where Steelers are two and two. So who knows? It should be a, 
should be a very interesting game to see. Um, you know, like they always say, great teams win or good teams win, great teams cover. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think that's a solid bet. Um, kind of, I guess maybe I can give you my underdog again uh, as well. So I'm looking at Bengals versus the Cardinals, uh, and actually in this game the Bengals are actually favored by three points which is very interesting to me. Um, I, I don't know why, like, why is the case? I mean, sure, both teams are a winless team. Cardinals have that tie. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you're sold on Andy Dalton. I know a no. report just came out that John Ross is injured, too. Yeah, so he's, he's on not the playing. IR. Yeah, he's on IR now. Yeah, and obviously with that, like, O-line, like, which is great news because A.J. Green on my fantasy team, it's coming back. Here we go, baby. That's yeah, exactly dude. what I needed. He comes back, what, like week seven, week eight, right? At the latest, yeah. Gotcha. For the home um, stretch. But, yeah, dude, I mean, I guess it also bodes well for me as well as with Joe Mixon owner. Hopefully they're just, like, running the ball more. Um, obviously Tyler Efforts not doing, like, his usual thing. So, again, I don't know. I don't know what, what Vegas is seeing with these three points. Um but I just, you know, I think that I think that Cardinals have a higher ceiling than the Bengals do, and maybe just by some of the skill position wise, I think that Cardinals should be able to kind of pull this out. Um, maybe keep it a close game. I don't know. Uh, I haven't watched mo- mo- eh. I haven't watched much on both of these teams. Uh, the only thing I kind of just saw was that Christian Kirk is questionable, so it could be a big Larry Fitzgerald game. Um, could be a big DJ game as well. Maybe who knows? I'd like to see. Um, I'd like to see Kyler Murray run a little bit more. You know, he's he's a very prototypical, like a very rookie-ish version of Lamar Jackson. So hopefully, uh, Kingsbury. I don't say Kingsbury. So Kingsbury. Um, hopefully, he's kind of throwing in more of a scheme, um, more of those kind of RPOs or just kind of design QB runs. But yeah, dude, I. I think as I was looking at I was looking at the entire the rest of the lineup and some of the other games were just like I really couldn't take you know any of the other underdogs and this one was really the only one that I had I guess the most confidence of all the other ones so yeah dude give me a give me Cardinals with uh with the plus three points all right yeah I could see that happening I think I think with Cardinals we're gonna see as as you know. Cliff Kingsbury's offense will be, you know, all the players will have more experience with it, especially in live game time. Yeah. I think this would be action. a good test. You know, like you're not playing like a star-studded team, right? You know, you're playing a team, again, that's also hobbled up. They've got no O-line. Like I'd like to see, you know, Kingsbury get a little bit more creative. Um, and, you know, just I just really hope they kind of unleash on all cylinders and just want to see more like what the future holds. I think this is a perfect game for Kyler Murray to kind of get a little risky and, you know, just show why he was drafted number one. Um, but again, you know, it, it, it's going to be, I think, a, a very shitty game. I probably won't be watching it. I'll probably just be following it on my phone or just following it anytime I get a notification that um, – that Joe Mixon hopefully scores, um, or Fitzgerald for that matter. But anywho, uh, who's your, uh, I guess, what, third pick? Yep. Third and last third pick of the last week? Uh, kind of go along the same storylines as the Saints and 
Um, who's the other team I mentioned that plays well in front of their fans? The Saints and who else? I just I'm, I'm drawing a blank. We were just talking about. Did you say Steelers or yeah, so the Steelers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the Saint, the Saints and Steelers play well in front of their home fans. So I'm kind of going along those lines, and I'll be taking uh, Green Bay plus three and a half points uh, against the Cowboys at home. Um, you know, before Week Four, Aaron Rodgers was pretty vocal about how. You know, the offense needed to start bringing their share to the game. They couldn't just rely on the defense that was playing very well for the first three. But I think Rodgers didn't even have more than one touchdown pass in any of the first three games. Might have had one with two. But, um, you know, fantasy-wise, you know, he was only putting up maybe 12, 13 points. And finally, you know, given in a loss, he exploded. uh, (laughs) Yeah, against Philly. Dude, oh, my God. That game, I kid you not, when – I saw the stat line that Devontae Adams had more total yards in, I think, the first quarter or first half of the Eagles. I was like, yo, this is going to be a massacre. Yeah, you guys are lucky you got hurt because he was – Oh, yeah, holy shit. I mean, that just resetted the whole game plan. Plus, well, their coach is a dumbass. Fucking six (laughs) plays, like, on the three-yard or closer, (laughs) and you throw it all three times. Now, given I was – you know – Cheering my ass off because I want him fantasy purposes for Rodgers to throw a touchdown. I, you know, some way yeah, so yeah. I didn't really care who, as long as it wasn't Jimmy Graham. Um, uh, what you might call it, but yeah, just I think he knows. I think he's trying too hard to get you know the passing game or Rodgers into it because he knows he's the best or one of the best currently, uh, quarterback wise uh, in the league, and so I think he's trying too hard. But as we saw against the Eagles, offense finally you know stepped up. You know, they should have scored more than 27 points. You had 20 at halftime, only seven. You know, they honestly, as mentioned with those goal line, they should have had at least seven, ten more points at least. Um, so, you know, you're looking at around 30, 30, 30 plus points that they're putting up now. So I have finally confidence in their their uh, their offense. Their defense is much improved with a lot of the new uh, free agents they brought in. Uh, Preston Smith, who came over from the Redskins, playing like, you know, a typical Redskin player who plays better once they leave Washington. So, uh, that's status quo. And, uh, yeah, like I said, playing at home, um, I think they got their mojo back on offense. So I'm very confident in Green Bay. Give me plus three and the hook with Green Bay. Oh, so you taking taking two underdogs this week. All right. Yeah, I got nice. Yeah, uh, and plus, it's interesting. I'm looking at the uh, even the, the total point line. It's set at 46 and a half. Yeah, which, it's an interesting line. Uh, I mean, like. Green Bay defense is no joke. I mean, I, I know you can kind of say the same about Dallas. I mean, they've got that kind of stud of you know, stud linebackers and Van Der Esch and um, uh, who, who's, who's the other asshole on that team? I only say asshole just because of Philly and me. But um, no, I, I think that's a good pick. Uh, yeah, and I definitely do agree that Green Bay does does show up at home. I mean, you know, hell, like this this could be another big kind of Rodgers game. Um but no, I, I, I like the pick. Um, and I guess, you know, maybe I'll, I'll close it out with my last pick of the week. Um, another home team um, and kind of sticking with with my fandom for the first time, I think, on the podcast. But New York Jets are traveling to Philadelphia. Uh, Philly is favored by 14 points, and I will take them to cover. Um, is Sam I, Darnold back? Because I would have. I, th- I was thought about. He is not. I think. I think they said he is practicing, and yeah, they. Yeah. So he returned to practice today, and they say Jets 
may delay a decision on Sam Darnold until Sunday. So it looks like he's literally a game-time decision. Correct. And, I, I mean, uh, again, I, I don't think the Eagles are probably the best kind of team for them to kind of bring him back into, but who knows, right? Um, but, yeah, dude, uh, I, I think I think the Eagles should – and God, I hope so. I think they should cover this with ease. Um, I think Deshaun Jackson's back at practice. Hopefully, we see him back out there. Oh yeah. Um, hopefully, we see Fletcher, Co- uh, Fletcher Cox back out there. Sidney Jones. I hope he sits his ass on the bench because um, God, he's a horrible. Sidney Jones is another one of those players that like some of the plays he makes like oh great you know way to like read the quarterback way to intercept the route and then there's just some places like. Yo, how in the world are you getting beat by like a simple double move? And it, like the perfect example was like they kept on putting Sidney Jones against uh, Devonte Adams against the like, Green Bay, and Devonte Adams was just burning him. Like in five yards, he would just do a little stutter step two yards out, and then Devonte Adams gone. And then Sidney Jones is like trailing him by five six yards. Oh, um, I don't know who you're going to replace him with. I mean, he sucks, but everyone behind yeah. him sucks too. That's that's your biggest weakness as a secondary. Yeah, I I really hope so. Like in this year's draft, I, we also just picked up someone from um, we picked up a linebacker from a trade. But yeah, dude, this year more off like more than anything else, we really need to define our secondary because even Avante Maddox is out, Ronald Darby's out. Like I I, I really don't know who we're going to stick back there, but. Should be interesting, um, but luckily, like, there's not many deep threats that the Jets have. I mean, you take out um, what's his name, fucking uh, Anderson. Um, besides him, uh, I mean, you're not gonna get like any super deep threat going on. Um, C.J. Mosley is out for is doubtful for the Jets right now, um, as is Quinn and Williams. Um, so. At least from a defensive side, so I'm hoping you know the hot hands of Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders from that Thursday night game kind of transfer over, and hopefully Wentz cracks 200 yards this game. Um, but you know we'll see. But I think at home, you know, another team that I think plays great at home, more probably to do so with the fans making it very hard for the other team. Uh, I think the Eagles should be able to kind of take this. Um, and cover the uh, cover the two touchdown, two touchdown spread. Um, haven't seen much from Le'Veon, you know. Uh, only 163 yards, zero touchdowns. Um, yeah, I saw this coming. I mean, the Jets' offense wasn't that great. I avoided him like the black plague in fantasy. He just wasn't a smart pick. Yeah, I mean, and to be quite honest, I'm surprised he went as high as he did in a lot of leagues. Um, maybe like I think people kind of were just hanging their hat on that he would just have the fresher legs and, you know, be able to kind of, you know, carry an offense uh, just from pure talent alone. But, yeah, dude, uh, hasn't hasn't shown me much. Um, but, yeah, dude, I, I think that kind of wraps up wraps up our NFL picks. Uh, we can maybe, if you want to touch upon, maybe just a quick minute or so. I know the Caps are opening up their season uh, in about, you know, this night tonight as well. So yep. unless you want to touch up on hockey, some hockey, Eric is back. Nope. Nope. No, uh, no college football. It's a sour subject. Maybe next week. Uh, unless you, unless you want to go over some of the top games, we can um, really quickly. Big game tonight. Caps are back playing against St. Louis blues. 
these are the past two Stanley Cup champions, both of which, which is kind of cool when they won, it was their very first time, uh, very first ever Stanley Cup, uh, ended, you know, streaks of 40-plus years since they were in existence. Um, so cool little storyline of, right. like, back-to-back champions ending that long drought from when they were, when they were first originated uh, in such cities. And so, so we got uh, Blues favored at home by a uh, goal and a half. So... All right. But anyways, hockey's back. That's the big picture. If I'm taking anybody, I'll probably take the over. I know we don't do overs, but over is five and a half goals. I'd probably take that uh, just because a lot of, you know, there's usually high scoring games with first of the season. Everyone's excited, but. Yeah. No, I, I think I think with hockey coming back, probably one of the more exciting sports that I think ever since, you know, we started hanging out back in college that uh, that I've kind of stayed a little bit more in tune with. So maybe we can start adding you know, a few kind of hockey lines at the end of the episode. Um, and maybe I can even just close off from just a few college games, you know, if for those listeners out there that are, you know, into Saturdays, kind of just sit on the couch, try some college football. Um, you got your classic, classic shootouts. Uh, Oklahoma State at Texas Tech over under is set at 63. As we speak, I have already locked in that bet on the over. Um, that's a good call yeah I, I i don't know why like i was when i just saw that right now i was hoping for like a 75 or something like that over under but no uh i mean that that should be a very easy game so you know if you're kind of see and it's these kind of games where i think like for those avid or new college football watchers like if you just want to see offense and nothing else tune into some kind of like these games follow texas tech oklahoma state your um even like your Oklahomas, for that matter, anyone from those divisions, like no defense, we're slinging the ball. Um, yep. And then just two more, you know, in the afternoon. In the afternoon, you got a top ten matchup: Auburn versus Florida, classic SEC slugfest. Um, I would take Auburn to cover the three points easily, and then I would also take under forty-eight and a half points. It, interesting. That seems like it's, a lot. It's, but it's also at home in Florida, and Florida's been doing pretty well at home. So I don't like Florida. I, I just don't like them. Never have, especially if Felipe Franks is playing. Yeah, he is for now. Oh yeah, I would. I like right. Bo Nix, a true freshman at Auburn. He's in their D line is probably the best D line in college football. Uh, yeah. um, no arguments there. <laughs> yeah, so it's um, like. Yeah, I agree. All right, and then just kind of last game, uh, probably one of the more excuse me, night games. They do have a history, Michigan State versus Ohio State. Um, I'm sure Ohio State's going to roll this game. Yeah, this is a lot of points. Michigan State's not very good. I, I mean. Yeah, they're not good. Um, I mean, 20, lot, yeah, tw- but yeah, that, that's what I'm looking at, right? Like 20 and a half, like. But I learned my lesson. I took 17 and a half points when they played Nebraska, when Nebraska was home for game day. I thought they're going to be pumped up. You know, game day's there. It's home, night game. I mean, it's you know, Nebraska. playing against like you know Ohio State number four, whatever they were ranked last week, currently four now, and they just get absolutely fucking rolled. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, down like thirty to zero within like the first quarter. It's the Cornhuskers. You really like? I mean, yeah, seventeen points is a lot, but like, uh, yeah. And then I guess also like this is at Ohio State. Um, I don't know. I mean, I may just to be quite honest, I may just lay like a dollar down and just bet the game, like not sticking in like a parlay. Um, I wouldn't bet big money on this unless you are like very confident. I'm just, 
I'd be very weary of taking Michigan State. I could be wrong, like I have been with my past six NFL yeah. picks. But, <laughs> but I, I watch, I watch more college ball than pros, for what it's worth. And I've seen enough. I, I think I've seen every Ohio State game. Um, and they're, right. they're, they're, they're number four, but they might be the best team there is. Best you know, overall when you look at both defense and. Oh, it's just like a, uh, just an overall, like on both sides of the ball. Yeah. All right, I think they might be the best. I mean, Alabama's up there. I know that you can make an argument for them. I haven't seen much of the of their uh, mm-hmm. games. You know, just seen highlights. I don't think they've really played anybody. You know, outside of uh, you know this past week, Ole Miss, who they crushed. But yeah, uh, and then the Clemson. We saw they almost they struggled against UNC. Um, Which, as a as a Hokey fan, I'm like, I mean, obviously, like. Sands the Duke loss, but like, like holy shit, that was a, like a great game. Yeah, um, I mean, yo, so, if so you want another play- great spread, though, like Oklahoma Sooners are giving thirty-two points to Kansas. <laughs> like, that is- again, like, but then if you look at the rest of their games, like Oklahoma has just been wiping the floor. That might not be enough. Like thirty-two. I mean, over/under set at sixty-seven. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Sooners just score sixty-seven. I mean, the Sooners, all, great offense, like usual, Jalen Hurts, but they actually have an improved defense from the past years. Yeah, which has been like I, I agree. Tonight. Agreed. Uh, yeah, thirty-two points. That's a lot, but that still might not be enough. That's that. That might be a hit too. That that might be something you need to lock in. Well, all right, Eric. Uh, Episode seven in the books, new format. Um, you know, I, I, I know I posted a poll against uh, against our buds to see, you know, if they wanted, I guess, NFL ahead of college, as I know a lot of them don't watch college. But, you know, maybe we just kind of keep this going. You know, I think I kind of like it a little bit more, obviously, with the hokey season in the tank. You know, there's really not much of an incentive to kind of watch college football anymore. Um, so who knows? Maybe we'll kind of with, you know, the caps actually doing well and, you know, as Playoff baseball hits into it. We'll start incorporating some of those. Maybe kind of tap into a different yeah, audience this, base. This is a great, great month for uh, sports. You got now. You know, you got playoff baseball. You have college football. You have NFL going on. This is kind of a joke, but you have uh, the WNBA playoffs. Whether you like it or not, the hometown Mystics are in the finals. There we go, man. Um, and uh, and then NBA starts up not too not too far, yeah, man. M- NBA is right around the corner. Hockey just started. Um, so yeah, this is, this is a really fun month of sports that, yeah, know, man. especially, I mean, and, and see, and that's why I like fall, you know, I mean, maybe we'll kind of end up on this. Like I think fall has the best seasonal drinks. I think the best type of clothes to wear, I think the weather is just the best. And then just even from like a sports standpoint, I think everything is great. Like starts in the fall, right? You got football coming up. You got, obviously if you're a soccer fan, you got champion league champions league right now in full swing. You got WNBA ending. You got NBA around the corner. You got playoff baseball. You got hockey. Um, I, I that's you know I, there's really nothing to complain about in fall. If I have to be yeah, honest, no, this is um, great. But all right, Eric, always a pleasure, and uh, I will catch you next week. Peace. Till next week. Let's go, Caps.